this morning. Hashem, we thank you for your goodness to us as we have just uh, celebrated um, this national holiday of Thanksgiving. We do want to declare our thanks to you once again as we have done in worship. I just say we thank you, God, for your goodness to us that we could come together uh, freely to worship you today uh, without being hindered. And uh, so we just honor you, God, and And we thank you for uh, manifesting your presence here among us. We pray that you would uh, continue to speak to us through the word today, that each of us would have ears to hear what your Ruach would say, and that the seed of your word would go into good soil and produce a hundredfold fruit, fruit in this congregation and in our lives personally. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. So we are in a a four-week series on uh, gratitude, pathway to a happier life. And today's uh, message is entitled, Lessons from the Ungrateful. So we are going to look at what we can learn from people who were ungrateful. And our example is going to be the children of Israel, uh, especially after they came out of Egypt. We all know the story. Adonai rolled back the Red Sea. They walked through on dry land. He destroyed Pharaoh and the Egyptians and brought them out of over 400 years of slavery. So that's our context. So we're going to look at Shemot, Exodus chapter 15, uh, verses 20 through 25. And the first few verses are what is taking place as they just come out. And you're going to see how Miriam is leading them in worship, thanking God. So also Miriam, the prophet sister of Aharon, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines dancing. As Miriam sang to them, Sing to Adonai, for he is highly exalted. The horse and the rider he threw into the sea. So this is the end of a great celebration. So here we are, next couple of verses, what happens. Moshe led Israel onward from the Sea of Suf, they went out into the sure desert, but after traveling three days in the desert, they had found no water. Three days. Not a long time, right? They just, Red Sea parted, saw the fish swimming beside them, at least if you were in the Prince of Egypt version. You know, all cool things, right? Three days. Only three days. They arrived at Marah, but couldn't drink the water there because it was bitter. This is why they called it Marah. The people grumbled against Moshe and asked, What are we to drink? Moshe cried to Adonai, and Adonai showed him a certain place, piece of wood, which he threw into the water, made the water taste good. Then Adonai made laws and rules of life for them, and there he tested them. You see, the opposite of uh, gratitude is ungratefulness, and ungratefulness is evidenced in a grumbling, complaining Kefetching attitude. In fact, if you look up in your thesauruses, grumbling and complaining is considered a synonym for being ungrateful. And unfortunately, what we just read in Shemot uh, was not a one-time experience for our ancestors. They were known for their complaining and whining. They did not cultivate a grateful heart. So we need to ask ourselves, what lessons can we learn from this 
to help us avoiding the same mistakes. Because Corinthians tells us, Rav Shaul says, that the children of Israel were given to us as an example so that we would not make the same mistakes. So we don't want to have an ungrateful, grumbling, complaining, kvetchy heart and attitude. Can I say here an amen? Yes. Let's face it, we can all find things in our lives to complain about. If you're a parent and your child is sick during the night and you get no sleep, it's easy to complain about it the next day. We've all been there. At work, the boss may put extra work on you instead of hiring another worker. It's easy to complain about that. Every day, there's something in our lives that we could choose to complain about, which encourages this attitude of ungratefulness. However, I think if we truly understand the consequences of going down that path, it will help us to make different choices and to cultivate that attitude of gratitude that will lead us down that pathway to a happier life. Who wants a happier life? I do. I mean, I enjoy my life. I'm blessed, but I want a happier life. Well, walking in gratitude is one of the keys to seeing that happen. So let's learn lessons from the children of Israel that we will not do so that we can cultivate thankfulness in our heart. The first lesson, and this is just a few, we could probably preach on this for many, many weeks, but complaining becomes a habit that does not change our situation. Think about it. The the children of Israel did not change anything about their situation by complaining. In fact, it only made things worse. It got them into trouble with Hashem. Uh, And we know that this is part of the reason they wandered in the wilderness. Uh, They're complaining combined with that lack of faith to go into the promised land. But over and over and over again, we see the children of Israel complaining. As I said a few minutes ago, this was not a one-time event for them. And... uh, It just kept going and going. In fact, one person said that complainers or ungrateful people always find something to complain about. Okay? Always find something to complain about. And as I said, it's very easy to do that. You know, I could uh, put a few things up on the screen right now in my life that is not the, the best and things and challenges that I'm facing. And if I allow myself to begin to dwell on those things in a negative way, then my heart becomes filled with grumbling and complaining. You know, God, why is this happening to me? God, why, you know, didn't this take place like I thought it was going to? And, and why can't this change? And on and on, I could go in my mind, as I'm sure many of you could as well. The children of Israel complained because they wanted water. When Adonai gave them water, they complained because they wanted food. When Adonai gave them manna, they complained for meat. They always found something to complain about. It didn't take away the challenges that they were facing by complaining, and that's a lesson we need to to learn. It's easy to think that if we complain enough, it will bring about some sort of change in our circumstance. But friends, it never does. Complaining never, ever changes your situation, and most of the times, it makes it worse. It brings more misery and service into our lives. In contrast, last week, Rabbi Michael shared with us the many benefits of a grateful heart 
and he talked about, and there are many scientific studies that we both have been looking at, and there's this one site that it's not religious in nature, so it's not done by, you know, someone who has a uh, religious background, but this site lists the benefits of gratitude and based on over 40 scientific studies. And the first thing that this site shares is that gratitude makes us happier, which is the title of our series here, Gratitude Pathway to a Happier Life. And listen to what it says. A five-minute-a-day gratitude journal can increase your long-term well-being by more than 10%. It's the same impact as doubling your income. Everyone's like, oh, I'd like to double my income. This is a study. Again, it's a scientific study that was done. Five-minute journaling of gratitude. 10% increase of happiness, contentment in your life, the same as if you doubled your income. Isn't that amazing? So now we can give into complaining like the children of Israel and think, oh, this is going to help my life. Or we can choose to be grateful and understand the benefits that it will bring to us. And this is just one of them. And Rabbi Michael shared many more last week. And in the next two weeks, we'll continue to talk about being grateful. The second thing that we learn from the children of Israel, a lesson that we can learn, is complaining is a result of taking our eyes off of what we do have. How quickly they forgot that they were now free. Isn't that awesome to be free? They were no longer in bondage. Look with me in Bamid Bar, Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 and 5. Now the mixed crowd that was with them grew greedy for an easier life, while the people of Israel, for their part, also renewed their weeping. Again, once again, complaining is what that means by renewing. If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt. It cost us nothing. And the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. Really? We ate fish for free? That's what they remember? It wasn't free at all. They were in bondage. They were in slavery. But when we begin to complain, it takes focus off what we do have. What they had and what they were experiencing was freedom. They were headed towards a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, but they could not see that because they were not focusing on it. They were focusing on their past, and as we have said many times before, they were uh, embellishing their past, let's put it that way, making it to seem better than it was. Fish for free? I don't think so. And gratitude comes because we have a perception problem. Again, we exaggerate or distort our present and past in order to justify our ungratefulness and our complaining and our kvetching. They quickly forgot the back grueling labor of building those pyramids for the Egyptians. And again, that they were in bondage. They were no longer slaves. But they weren't focusing on that. 
that they, they were not focusing on the fact that the promise that God had made to their ancestors was coming to pass. God told Abraham, and they had heard the stories over and over again as it was passed from generation to generation, that you're going to be down in Egypt, but I'm going to come and I'm going to bring you up out of the land of Egypt. They weren't focusing on that, that God had actually fulfilled his promise 400 years later, the promise that he spoke to their ancestor, Abraham, the stories that they had told and had been repeated and passed from generation to generation, they were not focusing on what they had, which was pretty awesome. Freedom. They could go wherever they wanted to go, whenever they wanted to. And in this passage in Numbers, this is the place where they were complaining about the manna. Instead of looking about how God had miraculously produced food for them. I wouldn't mind going out of my house and picking up food ready so I didn't have to go to grocery shopping. <laughs> go out every morning, just pick it up and bring it in and, and fix it and cook it. They weren't looking at that how miraculous that was, what God had provided for them. Instead, they were looking at what they didn't have. We don't have any meat. They were not thankful for what God was giving to them. Again, a perception problem. When we begin to focus on what God has given to us, and I'm sure during this week of official Thanksgiving on Thursday that most of our minds were on that because it is the season. Even my daughter was saying how this time of the year, people are much more polite you know, and kind. And it's true. There's just something that happens around this time of the year. But we could be that way every day of the year if we focus on what God has given to us. And for us who live here in New York, in America, we are blessed to live in this country. Just the fact that you were born in America is, is a blessing. Or that you live here. I mean, we've, we've shared this before. I remember when we took the youth down to Tijuana for a, a trip to work with uh, congregations there in Mexico that we had to drive across the border there in California and it was like going from technicolor to black and white. And I mean, we were just side by side. And it made us appreciate how blessed we really are. And when we lose focus of what God has given to us, then it's easy to complain. It's easy to look at our lives and wish we had something different. They had manna, but it wasn't good enough. People who are single want to be married. Married people want to be single. People with straight hair want curly hair. People with curly hair want straight hair. People who are short want to be tall. People who are tall want to be short. We, there's always something that we would want to change that we don't like about maybe our life or our, or our situation or circumstance. And sometimes we can change things. I'm not saying that we shouldn't look to better our lives and to improve things. But to be complaining about it and not looking at what you do have in your life, that's not a good place to be. And it only compounds and makes things more difficult for us. 
if we start complaining and start being grateful for what is in our lives, it is amazing what will happen. There's a song I used to sing as a kid growing up, count your blessings, name them one by one. We really need to learn to be grateful. And again, some of the things that we have talked about, Rabbi Michael talked about last week, this week, and in the next couple of weeks, are going to encourage you that. And we've talked about this before in years past, but keeping a little journal, you know, and just writing down even one thing a day that you're grateful for, what a difference it would make because it gets your perspective in the right place. Or sitting at the table with your family and saying, you know, what can we be thankful for? And, and trying to help your children, those of you who have younger children or even older children, to develop that attitude of gratitude so that their life is a happier life. Not because they get a lot of stuff, but because they have learned that, that place of contentment. We talked about this in the youth on Wednesday night, and I'm sure in my husband's study too, we're doing this same study. We talked about this uh, discipline of simplicity. And, uh, and I was sharing how Rob Shaul said, you know, I have learned whether I have a lot or I have a little, I have learned to be content. Contentment comes because you have developed an attitude of gratitude and you are content and know that, again, whether it's a lot on the table or just a little on the table, you can be content because you have that attitude of gratitude. So I want to encourage us to learn this lesson. Change your perception. Israel needed to change her perception. She wasn't looking at the right thing. She was looking at the wrong thing. Combined with this, number three, not only does complaining a result of taking our eyes off of what we do have, but it also makes us focus on people instead of God. The children of Israel constantly took their eyes off of God, who was their source of everything. Everything we have, and we, again, we t- this is part of what we're talking about with the youth, everything we have comes from God. And we, was reading, uh, we were reading in uh, Devarim, Deuteronomy, and he says, when you go into the land flowing with milk and honey, you're going to have, uh, he says, you're going to have a lot. There'll be no poverty. And I think it was around uh, chapter 26 uh, or 28. And he talked about how you're going to have food and fruit and, and, and this and that and abundance and abundance. And then later in the, the chapter it says, but when you go into this land and you're experiencing all this goodness, don't say to yourself, oh, my skills and talents have helped me to achieve all this. He says, no, no, no. I am the one who gives you the ability to make wealth. And when we keep our focus on God, who is the source of everything that we have, nothing that you or I have is of our own doing. Oh, I worked hard, Rabbi Carol. I, I got a great education. But who gave you the brain to get that great education? Or I worked hard in, in building my business. And, but who gave you that ingenuity to build your business? Everything about us is from God. And when we take our focus off that, it becomes problematic for us. The children of Israel put their eyes on Moshe and Aharon, and they ended up complaining about them all the time. And instead of keeping their eyes on, on Adonai, they looked to Moshe and Aharon as their leaders. And, and they complained and grumbled and kvetched 
You're not doing this, Moses. You're not doing this, Aaron. Why did you bring us out here? You should have left us alone. And on and on and on and on they went. Instead of taking their eyes and putting it squarely on Adonai, which is what Moshe and Aharon were doing. Because let's face it, they were experiencing the same thing. They had no water. They had no food. But where did they put their focus? On God, because they knew that he was their source. And that's what they tried to encourage the children of Israel to do. We see throughout the Tanakh that the nation of Israel often looked to others to be her help. I'm reading in the book of Ezekiel this month. And Adonai is constantly challenged Israel for looking to Egypt and to the other nations. You're looking to these nations because you think they're going to be your help and they're going to support you and they're going to get you out of this situation. And he says, it's not going to happen. I am your source. I am your helper. I am the one to deliver you. But when we complain, we take our focus off of God as our source. Contrast this to Yosef in Bereshit. Think about the life of Joseph, which we're getting ready to start reading here in a few weeks in our uh, Parshas. He had a lot of bad things happen to him. It would have been very easy for him to put his focus on his brothers, who were the, quote, source of all the bad things, and develop this ungrateful, complaining attitude filled with bitterness about his life. But as we read through this, and again, in a few weeks, we're going to start the whole story of Yosef in the weekly Torah uh, parshas. Joseph is an amazing young man because he never gets bitter. He doesn't complain. He doesn't confetch. Throughout everything, he keeps his eyes on God as his source. How is he able to keep his eyes on God? Because he doesn't give in to complaining and ungratefulness. Once I begin to complain, I, can't, I don't see God in this situation. You know, and we've shared many times in the whole building process, sometimes it was a little overwhelming. And sometimes I'd be down here by myself with my husband, and I could tell you I started to complain, and it didn't go well. Because I developed a bad attitude. But whenever I would, that would happen, I would try to turn my mind to God, and whenever I focused on God, it made everything to go smoother, and uh, it wasn't going to change the fact that this building needed to get built, but the whole change of my focus changed my attitude, and when my attitude was changed, it helped me to go through the responsibilities that I had to do at that moment. So we need to, again, have gratitude and not be complaining and conventioning, even when bad things happen. Or when things are over our head, okay? We all face those. If you're not facing something in your life right now that is over your head, just wait. In a few weeks, you probably will be. It's just a part of life, right? So what did Joseph say? Bereshit, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. This is after the whole uh, uh, story has taken place. Uh, they were going to kill them. They sold them uh, as a slave. Uh, he ended up in prison because uh, Potiphar's wife lied about him, etc., etc. And now he's second in command in the whole land of Egypt to Pharaoh. And the brothers come down and he has revealed himself to them. And this is what he says, which shows us, again, where our focus always needs to be 
even when bad things happen. You meant to do me harm, but God meant it for good, so that it would come about as it is today with many people's lives being saved. You see, complaining takes our focus off God as our source, and the one who, as Rob Shaul tells us in Romans 8, 28, works all things. How many things? Let's see. I can't hear you. He works all things together for our good. And when I keep that in mind, I keep that my focus, gratefulness, thankfulness, not complaining, confetching, is going to be the result. God works all things for good. And that's what Yosef knew. And that is why God could use him and place him in that position of leadership. It wasn't because uh, he was not going to go through difficulty. See, Yosef could face challenges. He could face difficulty. Yes, even being thrown in prison with the right attitude. And that's what allowed him to be elevated. And God fulfilled the very dream that Yosef had. Not the way that Yosef thought. Took a lot of turns and twists. But God fulfilled it. And Yosef kept his eyes on God and avoided complaining. And that's why God was able to take him into that promise. Which leads me to my last point. Which is complaining keeps us from receiving the promises of God into our lives. Let's turn to Bamid Bar Numbers chapter 14. This is where uh, the spies have come back and the children of Israel have refused to go up to take the promised land that God has uh, spoken to them. And uh, Yehoshua, Joshua, and Caleb are eager, ready to go up. They make the proclamation, we are certainly able to go up and take this land. Everyone else says, there's no way we can do this. There's giants, and we are like grasshoppers. We can't do this. And that sets the scene for this verse here, chapter 14, verse 27. How long am I to put up with this evil community who keep grumbling about me? I have heard the complaints of the people of Israel, which they continue to raise against me. Tell them this, as surely as I live, Adonai swears, as surely as you have spoken in my ears, I will do this to you. Your carcasses will fall in this desert. Every single one of you who were included in the census over the age of 20, you who have complained against me in gratitude, is what that is, will certainly not enter the land about which I raised my hand to swear that I would have you live in, except for Caleb, the son of Yephunneh, and Yehoshua, the son of Nun. You see, one of the greatest consequences of having an ungrateful heart is that it hinders us from walking in the fullness of the promise of God for our lives. Now, I know that might be tough for some of us to hear because what it is doing is it is putting responsibility on our shoulders. I can tell you uh, without a shadow of doubt, God is never at fault, okay? Never, ever, ever, even when there's things I don't understand and things don't go the way I think they are, I know that I know that it's not God who is at fault. And when we read through this passage, it is very clear that my actions, my choice of attitude, whether I complain or am thankful, will determine the course of my life in front of me. 
And for the children of Israel, their constant complaining and ungratefulness ultimately led to this point here in Babid Bar, where now they would be prevented from entering the promised land. The very reason they were brought out of Egypt was to enter that land. Now they would not enter into it. And it was all because they made a choice to be ungrateful and to complain. And it prevented them from seeing God's promises fulfilled in their life. Friends, out of all of these things, I think that is the greatest lesson for us to learn. Grumbling, complaining will have its consequences. Just like being grateful, and again, all these studies being done, there's a counterpart of them, and they, they have these studies in where they have people who are not doing the gratefulness journaling versus those, and they see the difference. Again, these are scientific studies. As my husband shared, there's a couple of universities who uh, they're devoting a whole uh, you know, season to studying this. But the Bible tells us, Again, as my husband said last week, we don't need science to tell us what the Bible has already told us, but it's confirming it. That the choice of my attitude determines the course of my life. And if I want to choose to be ungrateful and complaining and murmuring against God because my life is not going the way I think it should be, that's setting the course for my life. The children of Israel... That's all they did, ungrateful, complaining, confetching, to this point here in Numbers where God says, fine, you want to say that this is what's going to happen? That's exactly what's going to happen. You will end up here in the desert, and you will never, ever see the land that I brought you out of Egypt to see. When we are ungrateful, we end up walking around the same mountain over and over again. Friends, the key to breaking this pattern is to break the habit of ingratitude. Once again, when we complain, we are unable to see what God sees and what he wants for our lives. Israel only saw giants. And Caleb and Joshua only saw a mighty God who would give them the land that he had promised. When we keep this grateful heart, it allows us to focus on the goodness of God and his power to bring about his promises in our lives. But when we are like the children of Israel and we walk around complaining and with an ungrateful heart, all we see are giants. Going back to what I said earlier, it's a matter of perception. We have a perception problem. Kepha Bet, 2 Peter 1.3. God's power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowing the one who called us to his own glory and goodness. God has given everything we need, friends. Everything. And once again, we can compare the children of Israel to th- who came out of Egypt with their ancestor, Yosef. He eventually received everything that God had promised to him. In those dreams he had as a young man. And I believe in part it was because he made a choice not to complain or be ungrateful or bitter because things did not go the way he had envisioned them. So for you and me, as we are in this season of Thanksgiving and in this four-part series, let's learn lessons from the ungratefulness of ancient Israel. 
the main truth we can see is it is important that we put our focus where it should be. And for us, that is on Adonai. If we focus on our circumstances or if we focus on people or on what is not there, it will always lead to ingratitude. And ingratitude will prevent us from seeing God's promises in our life. But when we focus on Hashem and on his goodness, as we have done in song here today, and it's easy to do that when we're together, but tomorrow when you get up and, and you know, the plumbing needs fixed and a kid is sick and all these things start to happen in real time, that's where we need to experience and walk in gratitude and thankfulness instead of complaining. So tomorrow morning, whatever happens, or tonight, or this afternoon when you leave here, and some things happen that you were not expecting, you have a choice. You can complain and kvetch. You can say, you know what? That message was just for this situation here. I'm not going to complain about this because I know God's going to work it all for my good, and I'm just going to choose to focus on him and to give thanks, as we were encouraged last week, in all things. In everything, give thanks. And the end result is we will have a happier life and we will see the promises of God fulfilled for us. Amen? Let's stand to our feet as we close in prayer. Hashem, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for challenging us with your word this morning. God, I pray for, for me and my household, Lord, and my husband as we are leaders of this congregation, that we would always uh, walk in an attitude of gratitude. God, that we would learn from our ancestors, God, that uh, being ungrateful and always confetching and complaining is not a good path to go down. And I pray for each one in this congregation that we would all make that same choice, learning lessons from the past so that we don't make them here in the present and the future that we would understand that the, the choices we make in our attitude determine the course of our life. And God, each of us want to experience that good life and the happy life that you have for us. So let us put behind these things, God, and put away the, the complaining attitudes and choose to be grateful and, and expect to see your hand move in our lives. And we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close here with Iran and benediction. And then Rabbi Michael will close with a song. We have prayer from 3 to 4 in Hebrew from, no, prayer from 2 to 3 in Hebrew from 3 to 4. Get it right there. And remember all the announcements that uh, Rena made. Most importantly, if we don't have your cell phone number, email, give it to her because we do send out text messages and things. And just saying some of you opted out of those messages. I don't know if it's because you don't like to hear from me. I'm sure that's not the reason. Uh, maybe you didn't realize you opted out. Uh, it could be you have to pay for texting, and I get that. But give us an email some way that we could uh, uh, reach out to you. Uh, again, this Wednesday night is going to be a great time for the men and women to come together. Every man and woman, look at me. Be here this Wednesday night. Child care is provided for all ages. Our teenagers are in there with the worker schedule for that Wednesday night. So you get your tukas here. Come, fellowship, and, and, and be in the Word. And if you're a woman, we did start a new study, so you can pick up the booklet and at least look at it. But again, 
You don't have to do that. Just come and be blessed as women together studying the Word and as men together studying the Word. Amen? And everything else that Rena announced. So stretch out your hand. We're going to bless you. If I can get my Bible up here. Now then I said to Moshe, speak to Aaron and his sons and tell them that this is how you are to bless the people of Israel. You are to say to them, Yevarecha Adonai v'yishmerecha, may Adonai bless you and keep you. Ye'er Adonai panavelecha v'ikuneka, may Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasim lecha shalom, may Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you peace. May you walk in the peace and the joy of Hashem. Blessings upon you and your family. Shabbat shalom.